I mean, if you've watched the story, it makes a little bit more sense than that very condensed version. Does it? Does it? I Listen, want you to be honest. Whom among us? <laughs> Layla, whom among us hasn't had a bad breakup that resulted in you going <laughs> semi-pro in your local Blitzball League? Welcome to Mortified, the Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations all in hopes the other will like it. I'm Aaron. And I'm a trash girl found in a trash world. And this week, we're talking about the 2019 cyberpunk action movie, Alita Battle Angel. Before we paint our faces with dog blood, remember you can help us on Mortified, the Legitimacy Quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify setting up for our monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes, or following us on Twitter and Tumblr, at MortifiedPod. Layla? Aaron, I have a theory for What's you. What's your theory? I don't think we like James Cameron movies very much. <sighs> Here's the thing. James Cameron wasn't even the director for this one, um, but he, he, was, he is the person to blame for this one, I feel. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Mm-hmm. I didn't even I, dislike Avatar that much, except for all of the story, which was horseshit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, much like this film, you know, uh, I think the aesthetics were great, um, and everything else kind of fell apart. But yeah, Layla, why did we? Why did we want to talk about Alita Battle Angel? <laughs> I don't know, bud. You tell me. <laughs> I think it was my idea, and I was like, oh, Battle Angel. That sounds cool. Uh, it's a property based on about a manga from the 90s. Um, that could be interesting. There's uh, apparently a very violent movie. You know, it's got a lot of cool swords. Um, I know there was, you know, I had when it came back in 20 came out in 2019. I remember there was a lot of discourse about those CGI eyes for the the main character and how off putting it was. And I was like, oh, you know, despite all that, it, you know, it seems like it's a pretty solid flick. Um, and then we watched it today and. That is not the case, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <sighs> um, so yeah, we'll we'll talk about our, our reactions and emotions and see what we can um see what we can learn from this experience. I feel like every once in a while we we review a property that's not not really one that we talk about on a conceptual level, but it is one that we talk about, you know, the way that you talk about that time you almost got uh run over by a semi. Like, you know, I learned a lot that day. And I think I learned a lot today, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you want to try to break down the plot of Alita Battle Angel? Sure thing, bud. So, Alita Battle Angel starts when a cyborg doctor, not a doctor that is a cyborg, a doctor for cyborgs, uh, finds a robot in the trash, and he uh, gives her a new body. Uh, when I say finds a robot, I mean she's like a human face on a robotic construct, but it is implied that at least part of the heart is still hers. Um, he names her Alita, and I guessed immediately that it he had a dead daughter named Alita. And guess what, audience? You'll find out in a minute. I so in the <laughs> I saw you type this in your notes. <laughs> 
while uh, the doctor starts acting real sketchy, Alita's trying to figure out if he's a serial killer, and um, he's not a serial killer, uh, even though he's standing around the corner with a big hammer like a bad guy, uh, and she joins in the fight to protect him, because he's a bounty hunter, apparently, um, and discovers that she's, like, innately super good at fighting. Uh, her cool questionably boyfriend, cool within the context of the story, I don't like him, her boyfriend Hugo, um, takes her on a date to an alien spaceship the next day, um, she finds that the spaceship reacts to her and that there's a cool body in there that, uh, she, like, bridal carries out, which I thought was cool, um, her dad won't put her in the cool new body, even though they almost got their asses handed to them while they were out bounty hunting. And so Alita enters her rebellious teen phase, goes to register as a bar- bounty hunter, starts a bar fight at the bounty hunter bar. That's a hard phrase to say. Um, and uh, uh, gets her ass giga handed to her by the bounty whose ass she kicked last time who got an upgrade from uh, the cyborg doctor's ex-wife and her evil new boyfriend. Keep up. Um, so <laughs> you're doing great. You're, I'm, you're doing I'm great. Try my best. So uh, Hugo, the boyfriend, who has been, by the way, uh, ambushing cyborgs and dismantling them for parts, realizes that what he was doing, stripping people of their bodies, is wrong because he's met Alita and he's in love with her now. Um, so he's like, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, so while Alita is trying out for the local roller derby football team, um, which is something she wants to do as kind of part of her teenage rebellion phase, but also because she thinks it's cool and it was like a date they went on before, Hugo gets ambushed by one of the bounty hunters from the bar whose ass Alita kicked and she like kind of humiliated him and now he's trying to kill him. Um, and, uh, so Alita has to go save her boyfriend, but it's too late. Uh, and so her dad's ex-wife shows up because we found out that, hey, guess what, audience? It is their dead daughter's name. Uh, she shows up to help Hugo, attaches him to her chest. They go. He gets a cyborg body. So, okay. So, so far, Alita's a cyborg. Hugo's a cyborg. Uh, there's a couple evil cyborgs. They're the two, like, good cyborgs. Alita, galvanized by this, is like, okay, I'm going to go after my dad's ex-wife's new boyfriend because he is being controlled by a rich dude in a sky city who is also controlling the big dude who keeps whipping my ass. I'm gonna go after this whole construct. And so while Alita's doing this, her dumb shit stupid fucking boyfriend is like, I'm gonna run up this big cable to the big sky city, which is his whole motivation. Um... And you're like, wow, Layla, you're mentioning this kind of late. What's the Sky City? Doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. He's running up the tube to go to the Sky City. And Alita, who's had war flashbacks at this point, is like, hey, you shouldn't do this because a big circular razor blade's about to come down on our asses. But she doesn't ever say this. She just says it's dangerous. And therefore, the rescue takes too long and her stupid dumb shit boyfriend dies. And then you're like, wow, is she going to go up to the Sky City? And is she going to kick Nova, the big bad's ass? No, no, this movie doesn't have an ending, baby. What happens is Alita gets so sad that she grief goes pro in roller derby football and the last shot is her standing and pointing her cool sword at the sky city 
while the big bad takes off his cool goggles and looks down at the small glowing spot of the arena. And then that's it. And a Dua Lipa song plays. How'd I do? That was very well done. Uh, I'm, I'm applauding you. Um, yeah, you hit all the major plot points. Um, I mean, if you've watched the story, it makes a little bit more sense than that very condensed version. Does it? Does it? I Listen, want you to be honest. Whom among us? <laughs> Layla, whom among us hasn't had a bad breakup that resulted in you going <laughs> semi-pro in your local Blitzball League? <laughs> well, <laughs> if we're talking <laughs> Blitzball specifically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see? But, uh, yeah, what a, what a trope. Um, I, and also, uh, while she's going semi-pro in her local Blitzball League, uh, she does cut her own tear in half with her cool sword. <laughs> because she's, she's, she's hardcore now. Yeah. Um, yeah. She slices the tear in half. Um, Layla, let's talk about the characters of this great film. Great. Before we do, I just want to say something that... First of all, full disclosure, Rosa Salazar, who plays Alita, is the main character of the television show I worked on. And I say this honestly, without, I'm not saying this because I'm trying to get my contract back. Every single actor, including Miss Salazar, did the fucking best they could with this material. I think that's 100% true. Everyone is putting their all into it. It's just that the, the, what they are given to work with is is such a travesty much like the star wars prequels you know so many people are, are just just sweating this giving everything out there on that screen and nothing is happening yeah it's it's truly i just want to put that out there rosa salazar you're great you did great in undone you did great in this it's not you it's the it, movie it really isn't um let's talk about uh miss rosa salazar uh, our battle angel alita um, how did you feel about Alita? The same way I feel about Sakura. I think she deserves so much more. So much more. Yes. What, yeah. What about you? Yeah. I mean, basically, like, it, it is cool to see, like, you know, like a hyper violent robot lady. Uh, you know, she does get, like, a lot of really cool bits. She does some very good martial arts. The, um, what is it called? Panzer Kunst or something? Yeah, is her. <laughs> martial her martian martial art technique um but like yeah she she does all these these really cool fights um one of the big bounty hunters like even after he's beaten her she does a cool thing where she like stands on her one-armed torso body and then like propels herself through the air and jams her arm into his eye like that's pretty cool um but like her character is, is motivated solely by by hugo a, a boy she's met she's known for a week um and like you know i don't i don't know that this film necessarily falls into the born sexy yesterday trope zone but i mean you know uh, it, it's revealed throughout the course of the movie that alita is actually a 300 year old martian battle cyborg um that was trying to you know kill a, a bad guy on earth and then she was just like in the, the trash for 300 years before she was found by this this doctor and she has amnesia and like that already kind of you know you get a tabula rasa right she's only motivated by things that we we see you know directly on the screen and you know there is something to be said for you know not having backstory uh bog your story down 
right? I mean, if we're talking about show, don't tell, it is much easier just to be like, only the things that happen during the course of this story will motivate my character. Um, you know, the things that, that happen right at this, this timeline. But like, I don't think that this works especially well when Alita's primary motivation is to Hugo. Uh, I mean, she doesn't even feel super, you know, she likes Dr. Dr. Ito a lot, but like, as soon as he's like, please stop following me around while I get like hunted by all these crazy bounty hunters, um, you know, he, she immediately goes full like 13 year old. Um, and is like, I'm just going to hang out with my boyfriend the whole time. Uh, and I think that sucks. I think it's a very boring motivation. I think that Alita, like you said, could have, could have done so much more if she was given more backstory and, and, it's just it's just nothing unfortunately the the only thing she cares about is is hugo and you know so my friend and i just started rewatching sailor moon last night we decided that's going to be our post hiking activities we're going to start watching sailor moon and um sailor moon naruto dragon ball z all the like classics we brought up last episode there is this like very anime thing of you know while we were watching sailor moon i was like i miss I think the thing the show does best is it gives me a stupid girl protagonist. <laughs> Usagi is so fucking dumb. I love her immeasurably. She's the stupidest person I've ever seen on screen. Nothing. And the f- thing is, like, at first she doesn't have any motivation. She gets thrown into this magical cycle by a cat she saved on accident and she's like, by the way, you're Sailor Moon now. And Usagi's like, I don't want to fight. I'm scared. And she cries and Tuxedo Mask has to come and be useless and give her one line of motivation every time for her to be like, actually, he's hot. So, like, I think I can do this now. Um, Alita, I think, misses the born sexy yesterday thing because she's never really sexualized, which what a relief. There is um, the one line where she's getting her new body uh, and the the nurse uh, is like, oh, she's like, you know, reconfiguring herself the way that she actually con- uh, conceives of herself. And it's and she says, it looks like she's older than you thought, oh, uh, I thought which is super so icky. So gross. That squicked me out. I didn't like that at all. So, so there is that, but otherwise, I think you're you're largely right. There is no no sexualization besides that weird bit. Yeah. So, like, I wish Alita was kind of the spiritual opposite of Usagi, which is to say, like, they keep trying to build her up, and she's like prone to conflict. But like a couple of times, she does try to do the diplomatic thing first. Um, I wish she was punch first, ask questions later as a rule. You know, I wish she was just dumb as rocks the whole time. And I think maybe that would have been more fun. But like, she just, I don't know, it just feels like, it feels like if you're playing a video game and you keep picking different dialogue options just to like see what'll happen. There's no, I don't know, there wasn't like enough consistency for Alita for me. That was what bothered me the most. I think I, I think that's fair. Um, how did you feel about uh, her pseudo dad, Dr. Ito? I think he should maybe not act like the dad of random girls he picks up off the street and then names after his dead daughter. That was wild. Yep. I mean, I think that's all we have to say about that. Um, <laughs> it is if you are in the position to, you know, help a young person, especially, you know, a young woman and you are an, an older man. Um, don't 
make them your daughter uh this goes for this goes for joel and the last of us as well it goes for you know this this datification of media that we've seen over the past couple years you can't just make girls your daughter guys fellas bros listen to me man to man (laughs) don't adopt people that you just met yeah i think that's that's that sums it up huh let's talk about speaking of people we just met let's talk about you uh (laughs) fellas boys man to man (laughs) don't fall in love with a cyborg you just met (laughs) oh man it's hugo sucks (laughs) hugo sucks i did not like that character at all he has no redeeming qualities, um, and mm-hmm. he is somebody who um, assaults cyborgs for money. So, like, I don't... <sighs> he's attractive, I guess. That's why Alita likes him. I... He teaches her about um, football, soccer, roller derby. Mm-hmm. Um, he, oh, he gives her chocolate. I think there's a metaphor in that, you know? Dr. Ito keeps filling her or feeding her vegetables, good, nutritious foods for her big, wrinkly, beautiful brain. And uh, all Hugo gives her is chocolate, which is temporarily delicious, but then will rot your fucking teeth out if you're not careful. So I think there's something there. Maybe. I have I have a lot of I'll have a lot of friends who, who are, you know, trying to to date uh date around and i think that's i think that's true you gotta ladies i'm giving a lot of gendered advice today no i love it please <laughs> ladies if you're you got you want to date a man who gives you oranges that you can eat without the peel you're gonna get a lot of fiber and you're gonna get a lot of vitamin c you don't want to date a man who only gets you chocolate yeah because that's <laughs> like fucking good for a wine pairing no thank you <laughs> Oh uh, man. Good. Ugh. Um speaking of uh questionable couples. Dr. Chirin and and Vector. Um Dr. Mm. Chirin's arc sucks. Dr. Chirin is a fine character on her own, but um they do the thing where it's like, "Hey, guess what? You're a woman." Wrong. You're a mom. Mahershala Ali, sir. <laughs> what are you doing here? Mr. Ali doing here what did did you know that the lady who plays Chirin is the main character from labyrinth she's jennifer conley yeah a hugely famous actress yeah i don't the faces i'm hard it's hard for faces for me to do i mean I, I just looked up the cast on wikipedia afterwards but i was like she seems familiar and yeah um nova you know nova the the, the oh, scientist I know who nova is yeah, yeah, Edward Norton. <laughs> Edward fucking Norton. Hey, Mr. Norton. <laughs> what are you fucking doing here? Um, Do you again. know who Alita's oh, no. trainer in the one flashback is? No, There's who a... isn't? Michelle Rodriguez. No, it isn't. Yes, there were so many uncredited cameos because people were like, I don't want my name on this. <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez. Michelle, She's in this we movie love for you. 30 seconds. <laughs> We love you. What the fuck are you doing here? This is a Michelle Rodriguez fan podcast. Like, wait. Oh, my God. Anyway, I, Sharon, <laughs> like you said, she's a mom. That sucks. Uh, Vector was mostly Nova the whole time. He was barely Vector. Um, yeah. 
I thought the most tragic part of this movie... I know I was supposed to be sad when Hugo died. I was not. I was kind of excited. Um, I thought the saddest part of this movie were like was that vector didn't get to experience his own last moments as a living being like he was being he was channeling nova and that was it see that's a very profound thought um that that maybe could have probably deserved a couple minutes of of screen time but i don't think this movie was interested in any of the actual complex ideas that it it could have you know not that there were like a whole actually i mean the, the entire cyberpunk genre is full of pretty complex ideas you know the the ways that corporations sort of infiltrate and control our lives once they hit a certain critical mass, you know, the relationship between prosthesis and, uh, you know, uh, mechanics and, you know, how how we use these technologies to augment our lives. And, you know, sometimes it gets to the gross, like, oh, if you have a robot arm, you're less than human, which sucks. But, like, you know, it still has something to say and to have a conversation about. And this movie basically gets rid of any sort of the genre's key um, themes, which which is very disappointing. I think we've seen a pattern of people being very attracted to the aesthetic of cyberpunk and not really exploring any of its themes. I think that's been a I think that's been a pattern, and that's all I want to say about that. Let's talk about Nova. We don't know anything about him. He's a he's like a evil space wizard. I. Or, he lives he lives in um uh uh-huh. Z- Zalem is the sky oh, city. Correct. Yes. Uh, Nova is apparently like a warlord, immortal warlord who lives in in the sky city Zalem. Uh and he was I guess set up to be the big bad of the sequel to this movie. Yep. Oh. Wait. There's another uh-huh. Huh, when I made this character list Layla, <laughs> uh I didn't there's one. There's one character down there at the bottom that I didn't put on there. It's uh, it's, J- oh god, is that James Cameron's music? You can much like a beautiful claymation movie. You can see Mr. Cameron's fingerprints all over this flick. Um, and I think I just want to give him an honorable mention as a character in this because he is. Um, this man, I think, is convinced that a giant, decades-long, hugely budgeted science fiction fantasy franchises are his thing. God bless ya. God bless ya. But someone's got to. I, Mister Mister Cameron, sir, I don't think our tastes align. Oh, well, maybe maybe Avatar 2 will change your mind, Layla. Oh, yeah. If this podcast is still going, we're going to fucking midnight premiere, baby. I'm driving up to Indiana. Get ready. That'll be great. God, I cannot wait. Um, Christ. Uh, so we've talked a lot about the characters and plot of Alita Battle Angel. Um, and I guess we've hit a lot of our main gripes, but, like, I was, you know, I, I on Twitter... Sometimes people will, I, I follow various literary folks and, and people who are interested in media criticism. And I, I said this to this question in a, in a DM to Layla earlier this week, but I was like, Layla, is this question that I'm about to ask useful uh, when we're talking about media? And I feel like at least for this property, it is. I think it's useful to ask when you're reviewing a piece of media, if it succeeds at what it is, it, what you think its intention is. And... 
I don't think, you know, there there's definitely media that, like, I think succeeds at its intention. Um, like, basically any piece of Christian media, um, <clears throat> despite how fucking garbage those usually are, um, do succeed at their intention, which is to evangelize. Um, what is the intention of Alita Battle Angel, and does it succeed? Because I think my personal answer for the second one is no. But what do you think it's trying to get at here? I don't know. I think you made a very, very interesting point in your notes, which is like, this is a weirdly conservative movie. Like, it's kind of pro-Second Amendment. It's got some, like, just some weird shit happening. Um, And I think this gets down to the heart of, like, I think my beef with James Cameron movies. It's been recent ones, I should say. Um, I haven't indulged in his older work, but he's a Titanic, right? Yes, Titanic. Yeah, I, yeah I, I think Titanic is probably fine. I like Titanic. Titanic's a fine movie. Um, I think his more maybe recent works I have more of a gripe with. And I think the thing, the reason I have trouble guessing intentions of this film and even of like Avatar is because I think he's too wealthy to be connected with reality at this point. And so even if this movie was going for themes of like, love overcoming bodily autonomy actually do you know how we can we can fix this issue of me not knowing what this movie is um i'm gonna watch the trailer right now because the trailer is supposed to fucking tell us what this movie is going for so let's do that okay so we watched the trailer um what i think this movie is going for is an underdog threatening the natural order of a like grimy shitty undercity and then like a cool sick sky city i don't think it did that do you think it did that no there was a lot of focus on the relationship between her and hugo and you know trying to figure out who she is it, it, the, the revolutionary themes in the trailer you know were not really present throughout the rest of the movie in fact a lot of the movie was them about them trying to uphold the, the standing order and get to uh, Zalab, the Sky City. Um, yeah. Um, sorry, listeners, if it sounds like my whole uh, headspace has changed because I found out that the original trailer for this movie contained a cover <laughs> of the Linkin Park song New Divide, which was created for a Transformers movie, which is extremely funny and good. Uh, made even funnier by the fact that the director of this film is Robert Rodriguez, who was a producer of the original Spy Kids. There was a lot of Googling happening. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, so we talked about just now how everybody is trying to get to the Sky City of Zalem, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was at that point, because one of the major plot points, the reason that Alita goes pro in Blitzball or whatever... Um, is because whoever becomes the grand champion uh, automatically gets sent to the Sky City um, because they're, you know, they're the hero of the Undercity or whatever. And it was at that point, I was like, oh, this is just the plot of the super giant game from 2016 uh, known as Pyre, <laughs> um, which is very much like you play basketball and if you do good, you you escape purgatory. Um, Pyre is a great game. You should all play it. But um, I was like, why? Why is a Pyre a fun and good experience, and this is not? Pyre. Hey, Aaron. In Pyre, <laughs> what does the Commonwealth look like? I. Yep. What's the downside like? 
like as generally the entire thing, not just the snippets we see of it. What's the downside like? Okay, good. Um, who was your favorite companion? Oh, in Pyre? Mm-hmm. Um, the big horn lady. Um Great. Did you see how fast you answered that question in comparison to the setting ones? Yeah. It's, it's because Pyre spent time developing character relationships and it just gave us vague ideas of the setting. Alita falls into this trap, which is a very James Cameron trap, of trying to do too many things at one time. It's trying to establish Iron City. It's trying to establish Zalem. It's trying to establish the rules of the world while also trying to establish uh, this Romeo and Juliet velocity romance and also adoption. I think that's fair. Yeah, there's just so much going on in Alita. And I mean, it's not, you know, two hours is not necessarily a short movie. But, like, we've watched longer stuff for, for this. And, like, <laughs> two hours, you poor sucker. I had that shit on 1.25 speed. <laughs> that's true. Um, you're, you did a smart thing, and I, I should have sped it up as well. But, um, yeah, they, there is just so much stuff going on. You have to do all this world building and, you know, plot layering, which really kind of muddles, muddles the messages you're trying to get across and, you know, leaves you with weak characterization. Um, and uh, unfortunately, that's that's what we got, and that's why we're disappointed. I think. Mm-hmm. 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 You do have a point um, in in your notes where you talk about how you'd like more of the the thing that happened in the recent Ava movies, which is where they they just take like a long moment to just do like a slice of life uh, for the their characters. F- the first forty minutes of the new Evangelion movie are just Shinji, uh, Asuka, and Ray, like being in this village uh it's ray endearing herself um to the these farm worker ladies and like kind of getting a sense of autonomy it's shinji being shinji so being depressed um but at the same time you get to see his like old classmates interact with him and, and kind of how people treat him outside of the ava program and then asuka finally meets somebody who like ignores her trying to use her body for attention and sees past that and it's kind of like a he's not really like a mentor but almost like a brother figure to her for a little while um that's how it ends up working like she's just like nude all the time and he's like fucking cover up like what are you doing it's evangelion it you know oscar's yeah 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 um but i like that's what i wish i had had 40 minutes i was just like alita becoming part of iron city right kind of in the way um i don't know if you saw luca the new pixar movie but um julia my beautiful sweet baby who i love with all my heart like every time julia passes by on her bike everyone knows that's julia she's making a delivery and everyone knows how to react to her because she's such like an ingrained part of the the village life and like i wish when people saw when we met alita there was like at least a little bit of her being part of the city right like being part of the like local um i already i keep wanting to call it blitzball motorball metal ball yes motorball is the right motorball like being part of the motorball league being part of the the landscape everybody knows her as like ito's daughter which maybe would have made the reveal that he had a dead daughter named alita a little bit 
better, you know, maybe a little bit more impactful. Like, she's just, she gets there and then immediately the plot, like, I don't know. I just, there were, there was no attachment for Alita. And then it made it hard for me to attach because she is the point of view character. Yes. Um, you describe this in your notes as the Avatar problem. Um, yes. And I suspect that's because um, in Avatar, the protagonist, uh, Jake Sully, uh, is completely useless. I mean, he, he functions as far as like he's an outsider um, getting introduced to a new world. But, um, you know, do you feel that Alita had that same issue where like that just wasn't done well? I mean, like, OK, you and I both play video games, right? We both yeah. watch Willy's Wonderland. Mm-hmm. A much better movie than this one, <laughs> unironically. <laughs> fantastic film. I kind of want to watch it again. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like... You can't... You're, it just I don't know why, but the point of view character needing everything explained to them doesn't work in a setting where it's not being satirized like Willy's Wonderland or where you don't have a chance to explore the world and get to know it on your own terms like video game insert whatever one you play right um I don't know just am I how do you feel about it like as somebody as a writer as a creative person I saw you tweet the other day that like all your protagonists are either evil or stupid and they're only redeemable when they're stupid because they can learn um as somebody who's so focused on like the learning of their characters like what's missing right i think i think you bring up a good point that like maybe it's just a medium problem right maybe in video games we are expected to be exposited to just because like we are expected to be going around and interacting with objects that are not related to the main plot but like uh, you know you you bring up in your 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 notes how like you know when he, when she mentions like that one guy has a sword um the first thing that uh hugo does is say you know go on about the history of why everybody has a sword and like that guns are out loud because you know the the government is trying to you know suppress rebellions um like we we just get like chunks of exposition which you know is not really how people talk um and then like as far as the the characterization goes right i think that it just ties back into the fact that like we don't have enough time to get all of like the world building and you know expectation setting for this world done at the same time like you could do one or the other but you can't really do both in 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 a two-hour movie um like so that way we we get these characters that fall flat like we we get alita who does have a character arc kind of which is that as an arc blade yeah i guess that's true she does have a cool plasma sword at the end but like you know she she starts out you know wanting to know who she is she then but then like she finds out who she is and then her new arc becomes you know make a life with hugo and her arc ends when hugo dies um and that's like kind of a weird way to do do a character for for this sort of thing like i'm not saying that characters can't have multiple arcs but it is a strange thing to try to get your audience invested in in such a a short time and i don't know i don't know that this this film was really interested in in trying to deliver a a very strong and narratively focused protagonist i guess 
This film wanted to be an anime so fucking bad. Like, it just, the, it didn't transpose well from manga to live action film. It, like, when Alita asks her dad to put her in the cool new robot body, he says no. She just, out of nowhere, smashes a cart next to her. Which, in, like, us watching somebody do that in a, like, a, quote-unquote flesh body that we understand as like a three-dimensional live action thing reads weird i kept thinking of the brotherhood movie or the full metal alchemist movie that we watched because everyone keeps acting like an anime character but it looks weird when you do that in a real body and like i kept thinking about it too when they were having the bar fight i'm like this is a bar fight where people should be getting like yeeted into walls this is a bar fight that requires anime reactions. It requires a nani, you know, mm-hmm. like a <laughs> like all of those tropes that we love. And like the, the I'm so glad you brought up the dialogue because like man, I don't know, ask me how my day is. Layla, how's your day? It was fine before the water wars began. <laughs> you know, a couple of years ago, we would have just been able to go down to the local water fountain and get a drink, but now now you gotta go over to I'm pressing <laughs> X. I'm pressing X so hard. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like But like in an anime for some reason when you have two characters about to face off, like it kinda works, right? Like you get all this like expository dialogue. We've seen it, we we've watched Naruto, you know, like it works. Um when Sasuke's like villain monologuing for no reason, you know? Uh, it just it doesn't work when you're watching like real people do it. It, it like the whole movie feels so awkward to watch and it's so distracting from whatever it's trying to achieve and again it sucks because you're watching actor good actors give it their fucking all and you're like i wish there was a this was better for you (laughs) yeah for all of us involved um you know i i wish that we we had got it's so hard to adapt that that level of melodrama to to a, a 3d like physical representation and we watched jupiter ascending that's true that i <sighs> give this hmm. to the wachowskis i think the wachowskis would have done a great job with this i think they understand like getting that the right level of like um over over dramatic you know dialogue and, and world building but also getting across understandable characters right jupiter has a similar arc to alita and that you know she's you know a fish out of water but also has a hot boyfriend um but you know jupiter's whole whole deal is just like yeah i you know i'm I'm interested in this guy um and i think they spend so much more time developing that relationship um because fucking channing tatum's not monologuing at her half the time he does do some monologuing but like we get kind of quiet moments um and there's just not there's no rest in this film both movies also, now that I think about it, involve roller skates. Yeah, I had that in my notes. I was like, I'm getting real. <laughs> I, I, I hate to be the guy who's only ever seen Jupiter Ascending, sees a second movie and say, I get, I'm getting real Jupiter Ascending vibes from this. But uh, I did get Jupiter Ascending vibes from this, huh? Yeah. Gosh, golly. Yeah, God, I just, mm, I think we should maybe, maybe be cautious about the James Cameron involved flicks that we we pursue on this program because this was this was not fun. This was not a fun watch for me. Yes, uh, you know we try very hard and mortified to intentionally go into bad movies. Um, this was not 
this we stumbled into this one and i for that i am sorry both to to the audience and also to you layla uh i I don't think anybody had a good time here uh it's fine i was talking to marty while i was watching this movie and i was like marty i don't think i like this movie and i think it's bad and they were like oh like fun bad or like bad bad and i was like we're 47 minutes in i just got distracted by polyrhythms on my piano for 15 minutes and now i've turned it up to 1.25 speed yeah so it was uh god and like you know what else just like before we sign off is you brought up the eyes earlier i thought the eyes were going to be one of those things that like as the movie went on i got more used to them and they got better they got worse can you believe it they fucking got worse for some reason it it was weird they i don't know if it's because they kept zooming in on them or like they we kept getting close-up shots between her and hugo and like having him like explore her her arms and her talk about how much more touch sensitive Mm -mm. she was Mm -mm. that fucking sucked it's my second Um, least favorite scene in this movie mm -hmm. yeah the first the first terrible scene most terrible scene is where she literally gives her heart to hugo um it's just the worst um yeah yeah it was hard uncanny valley all the way down <laughs> mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. it needs to be an anime that's the thing is like when when i read about the eyes they were like oh you're just trying to make it look like the anime everyone else in the manga has normal proportion it's like manga people I, what are you talking about rosa salazar's eyes are already fucking huge a f- fact i intimately know as somebody who's been drawing her for a year and a half like <laughs> She's big eyes. She didn't need this treatment. She's plenty expressive on her own. Um, We're sorry they did you so dirty, Miss Salazar. Miss Salazar, you're great. You did a fantastic job in Undone. Watch season two. Um, so we can get renewed for season three. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I'm out of thoughts. How about you? Yeah, I think I think we've come to the end of the road here. Um, Layla, uh, thank you for enduring this film with me. Um, I'm glad that we were able to at least talk about it for 45 minutes, so it wasn't for nothing. (laughs) Um, But if you want some actual interesting conversations and thoughts uh, about media and, you know, other things, uh, you're a complicated, multifaceted person. Uh, You don't just talk about media. Where can people find you on the internet? I'm at L-E-Y-L-S-E-S on Twitter and Tumblr. I am... I'm unemployed now, so I'm just kind of vibing. Aaron, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at AaronSXL. You can listen to the other podcast I do at The Bible Boys. We just watched the 2005 Ridley Scott uh, Crusader drama, Kingdom of Heaven, uh, which, um, much like this film with a very well-known uh, director slash producer, um, maybe didn't didn't need all of its weird character moments. There is an overlapping actor between Alita and Kingdom of Heaven, and now I cannot remember who it is, and I think it's Edward Norton. It is Edward Norton, you're correct. Uh, yes. Edward Norton plays both uh, the bad guy in this one and the uh, the king of Jerusalem in Kingdom of Heaven. Both of these roles are uncredited. <laughs> Edward Norton knows. <laughs> He's like, nah, I'm gonna actually keep my name out of these ones. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> Oof, oofa, doofa, doofa, Mr. Norton, we're behind you. Michelle Rodriguez, you too, we're behind uh, you. Hang in there, hang in there, girl. Um, God, you can um, listen to our the person who makes our theme song, 
at keshko.bandcamp.com. Our theme song is Obsolete by Keshko from the album Filmmaker's Reference Kit Volume 2. Layla, <laughs> when we are about to depart uh, a podcast that we have left in a smoking metallic ruin, <laughs> what do we tell? What do we tell? <laughs> Poo, I'm going to need you to stand way back. <laughs> uh, we'll see you all next time. <laughs> <laughs>